0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Seeds and Weeds podcast, brought to you by Small House Farm. Join us as we talk with gardeners, foragers, herbalists, chefs, and community activists to explore the many ways that plants impact our cultures and cuisines, our history, and our future. I'm your host, Bevan Cohen, and this is Seeds and Weeds. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show. We've got an extra fun episode for you today. We're going to be hanging out with Tony O'Neill from the popular YouTube channel, Simplify Gardening. This conversation is just packed full of good stuff. Tony shares a bunch of tips with us on how to grow a healthier, more productive garden and some tricks to help us grow even bigger produce. We're talking about how to grow and harvest hundreds of pounds of potatoes and Tony even tells us about a zucchini that he grew that weighed in at 130 pounds. Tony's got a brand new book just came out. It's called Simplify Vegetable Gardening and we're going to be talking about that too. So you're definitely going to want to stick around for that. When this episode airs, I'm actually going to be with Heather and the boys on our way to Ireland. You know, we're going to be taking a quick little trip to explore the island. You know, see what kind of fun we can get into. We just need a little vacation after our big... Seed Swap last week. You know, I feel like we work on that thing all year long. It's pretty exhausting, but hard work pays off, right? This is the eighth annual Seed Swap, and uh, this year we had 2,200 people through the door. So it was definitely a success, and it was a ton of fun, but I think we all just need a little bit of time off, right? In other news, when we get back, we're going to be making some announcements about my new book that's coming out. It's called The Heritage Pantry, Modern Methods for Preserving Food the Old Fashioned Way. It's full of recipes, stories, history. I think you're going to love it. We're going to be making the first round of announcements showing off the cover, sharing some ordering information over on our Patreon. We're going to be giving our Patreon community first dibs on getting the orders in, and we're giving them special prices on the book, too. It's just kind of another way to show appreciation for all their support. Our Patreon community helps us to cover all the expenses that are associated with putting on the podcast, and we are very thankful for that. If you're interested in supporting the show, you can find a link to our Patreon down in the show notes, or on our website, seedsandweedspodcast.com. This episode is also brought to you in part by our friends at Easy Swap Pots, makers of easily transplantable fabric pots and reusable fabric liners right now the folks at easy swap pots are offering a special discount just for our listeners visit EasySwapPots.com and use coupon code seeds to get 15 percent off your purchase you can find that link and coupon code for savings down in the show notes all right let's get on to this interview Tony O'Neill has been creating educational gardening content for the last 14 years, and in 2020, he launched Simplify Gardening. Tony believes that gardening's appeal is linked to nature's generous response to nurturing, which is proven by his growing near-record-sized cabbages, squashes, rhubarb, and potatoes in abundance. Today, Tony's joining us on the show to share some gardening tips and tricks and to talk about his new book, Simplify Vegetable Gardening. Tony, welcome to the show, my friend. We are so happy that you could join us today. Thanks for having me. And it's always a pleasure to be here. So I want to talk to you, of course, about your new book, Simplify Vegetable Gardening. But before we get into that, could you just tell our listeners just a little bit more about you, uh, where you're at and your background as a writer and a gardener?
1: Yeah, sure. My name's Tony O'Neill and I live in South Wales in the UK. I've been gardening for the last 42 years since I started with my grandfather at the ripe old age of seven. And I started a YouTube channel going back probably, well, I started in 2007, but um, I kicked it off again in 2012 where I've been making sort of educational videos trying to help other gardeners to grow their own vegetables at home. And uh, that subsequently sort of led on to me, you know, writing quite a big website and now with the books as well you know so um so that's a you know roughly where I come from but my I think my biggest market at the moment online is is the U.S. and it, you'd think that's a little bit strange being from the U.K. but for some reason the timings and uh the temperatures and everything all work perfectly for most of the U.S.
0: One of the things I really liked about the book I liked a lot about the book and we're going to get into all these things <laughs> <Thank> uh, <you. laughs> at the very beginning when you you mentioned your grandfather and how he kind of sort of planted that seed in you they got you interested in gardening what are some of the memories that you have what are things that you like to grow with your grandfather
1: so when uh, the very first memory i had with him was sort of he'd send me down this allotment and uh, for those who don't know what allotment is it's just a community garden and this was on quite a steep hill and he would send me from the top of this hill to the bottom to collect gooseberries. And I can remember just, you know, stabbing my fingers in them and, and what have you. So that was the very first memory I have. But for me, it was always things like potatoes and what have you. You know, I, I just loved being able to dig them out of the ground. You never know what you had until you actually pulled them from the earth. So it was like digging for treasure, you know.
0: That's hilarious. Uh, you know, my little kids. Well, I say little. They're getting bigger by the minute. But they love digging potatoes. Because it is, it's just like a treasure
1: hunt. Yeah, absolutely, and it's one thing that I always say. I know I'm I'm quite not famous, but I'm quite well known for growing them in containers. And um, when you tip that container out, and the kids just bust that soil open, you know, you could just see their eyes lighting up. And my kids have grown up in the garden, and I have videos of them, you know, getting so excited over it. Those are memories that you just can't get anywhere else, you know, and the great thing about it is, you know, I'm hopefully planting the same seed that my grandfather planted in me, you know.
0: Absolutely. I I was checking out your uh, YouTube channel, watching some of the videos, and you've got one recently that you put on there about potatoes, and you've got quite a haul of potatoes in it, look like.
1: Yeah, 450 pounds worth of uh, potatoes, and uh, I managed to grow that in just 200 square feet. Um, So when you take a traditional growth method like trenching or something you know to get the same sort of volume of potatoes you would be probably using closer to like maybe 8 or 900 square feet so um it's really good and and that's the one thing the containers have a benefit over in ground grown potatoes is that you get much larger potatoes because you can control the medium you're growing in rather than relying on the soil itself you know and i've been growing this way now uh, for about 13 or 14 years um and it was down to a pest that we had here called wireworm and they kept boring holes through the potatoes and it was just nothing worse than getting really fantastic crops and then you're digging them up and they were ruined by these uh, little wireworms boring holes through them and of course that just leaves all the telltale black marks and lines through the potato itself and ruins it, you know? So you've had this YouTube channel for
0: a while now, like you mentioned. What was your motivation to start the
1: YouTube channel? So when I originally started it back in 2007 i didn't have an idea behind it to be honest with you um i was using it as a way of storing media files i work in the fire service and one thing we we learned there is when we have an instant or something we always look back on what went well what didn't and what we can do better and i was using these video files in the garden as the same thing to be able to look back on it and go right okay this worked okay this didn't i can do that better by doing this but Of course, back then, 2007, you know, memory cards were really expensive and I was quite poor, so um, I was looking for a way to store this footage online at a minimal cost, and uh, at the time, YouTube was really a dating site that google had bought it was put together by two college students who had decided to create a, a video dating site but it didn't happen for them and people were just using it to store like family memories and things so they just sort of went with it and then google bought it in 2007 and that was was when i signed up to it and over the next five years i just uploaded videos of what i was doing just for my own benefit i didn't even have an idea that people were uh, looking at the videos at the time. And one day I, I noticed that people were sending questions asking, well, how do I do this and how do I do that? And I am thinking, well, why are they watching my videos, you know? So in 2012, I deleted about 900 videos and started from scratch again and decided to make more how-to style videos and show people on how to get the best results in the vegetable garden.
0: And you've got quite a following over there on YouTube now, don't you?
1: Yeah, we're currently at 400 and 14,000 subscribers Um, I think we're doing about 1.6 million views a month at the moment and uh, I've taken a little break you know since that last video in what was that October time I think something like that September October but the reason for that is obviously I've been finishing up the book and everything else and uh, as I'm still working a a full time job obviously something had to give you know I couldn't do it all at once you know. Oh absolutely. I'm looking forward to getting back to uh, making some content online this year Yeah, when I'm planning some stuff for this year.
0: That's awesome. Now let's digging into this book of yours. It's called Simplify Vegetable Gardening. So it's kind of a play off of the name of your YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, that's right. Now, when
0: the book first came in the mail, when I first got it, just based off the title, I kind of thought it was just going to be, you know, a basic how to start a garden type of book. you know, it's got simplify right in the title. So I thought, oh, this would be a nice, simple beginner's book. But when I open it up, man, this thing is, it's packed full of stuff. I cannot even believe how much information you've fit into this book. On the back, it describes it as a deep dive into the science of gardening. So could you unpack that for us a little bit? Tell us what the book's about and the type of gardener that can really benefit from reading it.
1: Yeah. So uh, first I'll go on about the title a little bit first, if you don't mind. And the title originally, um, I called it Veggie Gardening with a Side of Science because I thought that would fit more but the publishers believed that tying in the name within the title would be a better fit because of obviously everything that they've done online over the last sort of 14-15 years. The original title Veggie Gardening with a Side of Science became the byline for the book and the book was written firstly to get people to understand the importance of us growing our own vegetables with the way society is today and then it It's designed so that not only can you just take this book and go out and have a successful vegetable garden, but you understand how those vegetables actually work from a scientific look at them. So we're talking about how they take up nutrients and what nutrients they take up and what's the best conditions for them. Rather than just saying, right, okay, we're going to plant this and give it six hours of sun and we're going to water it every other day, we go into a bit more depth. And when I wrote the book, I didn't want it like you said you know, typical other books where they would have for example they would have a title how to grow kale and then they would bring out all the information on how to grow kale and then in the next chapter they'd have a title how to grow cabbage and they'd regurgitate all the same information because they're very similar in how they grow because they're both brassicas and they like very similar growing methods I didn't want to do that so what I decided to do was round up all of the vegetables that are typically grown into families and then we talk about the family as a rule and there are exceptions within that we do talk about that within the book as well you know it's it's been designed really for people who you know you can be brand new and you can take that book and you can take that information and go and start a vegetable garden and you can have a really successful garden but it also Is good for experienced gardeners who want to understand exactly how that vegetable works so that you can give it the optimum conditions and get out the best results that you have ever seen. And that's what we were going for with this book. I didn't want to write another gardening book that, you know, there's 20 others on the shelf. I wanted something a little bit different.
0: Oh, and I think you I think you nailed it, man. You give us a lot of the how-to, but you also give us the why. You've taken what could be considered a very complex system and simplified it down to something that even a beginner gardener could understand and see how how to apply that to make their garden better. Does everybody need to know all these things? Not necessarily, but if you know these things, you're going to have a more successful garden. And I think you really accomplished that. It's very well done. Thank
1: you. And don't forget, even those brand new gardeners are within a couple of years quite, you know, sufficient at growing vegetables and they're always looking for that next step and looking to learn. So that book will grow with them as well. And that's the idea behind this book in that, you know, it'll always push people. One thing I say about gardening is it's a fantastic palette for experimenting and being able to push the boundaries. When you understand how that actual vegetable works and how it takes up the nutrition and how that is pushed out through the leaves the root systems or whatever it is that you're looking to produce then you are able to really control that and i don't mean with chemicals because i'm an organic gardener so everything we're doing is talking about how to get the best out of something i think the easiest example would be if we were looking at you know a thoroughbred horse or something you know they're fast anyway but when you start feeding them the right food and training them constantly then they're going to get better and that's the same thing with the vegetables
0: and you've got some examples in the book of some very large fruits and vegetables that you've
1: grown. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, In the book, I show a 67 pound cabbage that was grown organically, um, 131 pound zucchini that was grown organically. And that is all because I understood what my microclimate was doing. I understood what the plant needed at the specific time of its life and provided that. And I also understood how the plant is going to utilize those uh ingredients or those nutritional ingredients and when you understand that you prevent an issue called nutrient locking so for argument's sake, um, a lot of gardeners, and I see it all over the online, that especially if we take tomatoes an example, they worry about blossom end rot. So they throw Epsom salts all over their ground or they're watering it with Epsom salts all the time without actually understanding is there enough Epsom salts firstly in the soil and what is the real reason tomatoes get blossom end rot? Because it's not about there's not enough calcium in the soil. Typically, it's a regular watering issue. And what happens is the little fine roots they rot off and then they can't take up the calcium that's already there. So applying Epsom salts won't do anything. So it's understanding these mechanics that allow you to ensure that it's much better
0: now do your videos on the youtube channel lean into the science like this as well
1: not as much as this but my videos aren't like other people's videos i tend to break things down so that it's a, a, a lot more digestible and easier to understand firstly but obviously because this video i'm able to show that as well and to show the results afterwards so if we take that 131 pounds zucchini fragments say i show in a video exactly how i grew this how i prepped the soil wire prepped it that way and this is the result at the end of it then we'll give like a load of tips an example of potatoes if we take potatoes for an example one tip that i, I pass on to people to get bigger potatoes is to remove the flowers from the potatoes as they're growing now loads of people don't know what this is but if you think about potatoes when they flower they're looking to go to seed. We don't need a potato to go to seed because we're not going to ever grow from that seed because we grow from seed potatoes. So why are we allowing the plant to waste energy producing flowers and seed? If we take them off, all our energy can go into tuber formation. And it's, Understanding these little things that can really make a big difference come harvest time.
0: So it's similar to the idea of taking the uh, scape off of the garlic so your garlic plant will grow a bigger bulb.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, if you were to take the top off some plants, you, you're likely to check that plant and, and it'd be no good. So it's knowing which plants you can do that with. And that's what the families in this book will show people. These are the tips that you can use for brassicas, these are the tips you can use for. Uh, for your nightshade family and and things like that.
0: I love how you did that where you combined the plants into their families and then talked about the families because they do have similar needs and that sort of thing. I really like the way that you did that because I think it helps the reader see the bigger picture of what's happening out in the garden, not just isolating it to one little plant at a time.
1: Yeah, and I think as well, the real reason behind it was having a YouTube channel. The one thing I know about people is that their time is precious. And I always appreciate it when people take, you know, 10 minutes out there Date to view one of my videos or something because you know time is one of those commodities that uh, you know gets shorter and shorter as we get older, you know. And I didn't want to write a book that was full of fluff. I wanted to condense that information so that it was practical, but people were able to go away and implement that information and get results. And that was why I decided to do it in families. And if nothing else, it created a huge amount of work for me to make sure that it worked right across the family. So. I, I think we managed to nail it in the end but it, it would have been a lot easier to just go and write about kale and write about cabbage separately but i just wanted to condense that because i know people's time is precious to them
0: before we move on though i gotta ask tony real quick uh, 131
1: pound zucchini what in the world did you do with that so obviously first off you've got to start with the right seed but it's the the preparation in the soil to start with these are going to get really hungry plants so we will plant that in a you know like a big pot to start off and we'll bring it on and then when we put it out in the ground we've dug a real big hole and I'm talking maybe four foot in circumference and we will fill that with a lot of organic matter and we'll plant the zucchini right in the centre of that but that's not it. So as this plant starts growing we're going to pin it to the ground because every leaf node of that zucchini will actually root and we can control the direction it goes by just using some little garden stakes and we actually bury the stem as it's growing just allowing the leaves to be able to come through that soil for photosynthesis. And what this does, it actually tenfolds the root system to allow the zucchini to take up more nutrients. Typically what happens, you plant one and then you water around, you know, the base of the roots. But by doing that, once it's used up a lot of the nutrition around that, that's it, it's stuck and it's reliant on you to feed as well. Whereas when you're doing what I suggest by laying it out and allowing it to sprawl across the floor, these new root systems, that it's sending out from the leaf nodes are actually finding new pockets of nutrition that it can take up. And instead of it just taking it up from one root system, it could be taken up from 10 root systems. So it can take up water and nutrition really quickly. And that's how you get one of the biggest zucchinis that you know you can grow and what you'll see in the book.
0: That is amazing. And then once I've got this giant zucchini though, what did you do with it? How did you use it in the kitchen?
1: So I showed it first uh, at a giant vegetable show in the UK. It's called Malvern showground and every autumn they do like a giant vegetable show so it was grown for that now that zucchini didn't even place at that show there was such big zucchinis there but what you have to understand is I grow organically and a lot of them were growing chemically and the reason I I didn't want to grow that chemically was number one I wouldn't put chemicals on my ground anyway because I'm an organic gardener but number two they were going to be eaten after now what I do with all of the large vegetables I grow then for show is they go to a homeless shelter in Cardiff and they make like stews and soups and things like that for the homeless out of them so nothing gets wasted with them so it's a win-win really
0: man that's very cool and I mean that's a lot of food from a zucchini that big
1: yeah I mean the cabbage they said that they did like a a Sunday dinner, a Sunday roast dinner. And um, they said it went on something like 400 and something plates, you know, so that was 400 odd meals, you know, along with everything else that they had. That's got to help people, you know, from one cabbage. That's super cool, Tony. All
0: right. I got to ask. So you're growing all these great things, giant things, beautiful things. What is your favorite thing to grow?
1: Oh, it has to be potatoes. Once you get and it's the same thing and why my children get so excited about them. You know, once you get that little discovery of you never see what's growing because it's under that ground and then when you turn that out and you've got this huge tuber there that you know you've nurtured all the way through the growing season and you get that really good potato and there's nothing like it and I absolutely love it. It's why I've been designing the system. The last video you watched with the 450 pound potatoes, I went right through that system to show people. That's taken like 13 years to really come to the system where where it is now, you know, and how I grow them. You hear of people saying, oh, well, I grow potatoes and containers, but like I've moved on from that by trial and error and finding what works, what don't and now I've got a, like a support system for the foliage and I've got an water, automatic watering system, you know, that can all be set up in a couple of days if someone wanted to, but it's taken 13 years to get to that stage to really nail it in.
0: So you took 13 years to figure this system out, but I can just hop on the YouTube and I can literally start my potato growing
1: with your 13 years of experience. Well, that's what it's all about and why people like myself come on to YouTube. We make the videos that we do to help others to garden and see the success earlier. I think that's quite important to pass that down, especially in this day and age.
0: Absolutely, man. Now, I know that you're super busy. The book's just come out. You got the garden happening and all the sort of stuff. Aside from out there promoting
1: the book, what's an exciting thing that's going to be happening in the garden this year for you? So I'm just finishing up quite a large project now, which is uh, on, on the garden. We had um, quite an unstable shed there, and this shed was a, um, about 20 feet by about 19 feet something like that so it was a big shed so I've been rebuilding that that has some very large coal frames built into it and I'm actually going to be putting a solar panel system in that to run all the LED with a diesel heater. So what that's going to allow is come through March, April and what have you as the weather is still really cold in the UK as my plants get bigger and I still need to keep them indoors on, you know and they can't go into the polytunnel. Things like the chilies and the tomatoes, well they can be in there perfectly rather than down at home, uh, cluttering up the house and everything else. How big is your garden? The garden that I'm growing in for the vegetables is 190 feet, 195 feet long and it's 87 foot wide so it's quite a a large old space
0: I bet it even seems bigger when it's time to weed the garden
1: yeah so uh, I'm a no-dig gardener for the bulk of it don't get me wrong I'm not against digging I will dig if I need to but I find that by not digging you're bringing up so many weed seeds and I do a lot of mulching so when you're mulching you're controlling that growth it just makes it a little bit more bearable and you're not having to allow these weed seeds to come through and get that light
0: I'm going to put you on the spot Tony Um, If you had to give some advice or a tip to a new gardener,
1: what kind of advice would you offer? I think probably the best advice I could give them, invariably when somebody's new at gardening, you know, they're taking over, you know, land that's been barren or something, so there's a lot of weed in there, is to turn your back to the work. So this is like a psychological effect because you're only seeing the work that you've completed, not what you've got to do. And psychologically, this can keep you working. And, um, you know, if you had like hundred and ninety-five long garden and it was just chock-a-block with weeds and you had to weed it all well if you turn your back to it, you only ever see this like 15 feet that you've cleared and it always looks nice and clean and everything else but if you were looking up every now and then at this 195 foot of weeds you know it's quite soul destroying so always turn your back to the garden when you're working and keep the work behind you and uh save your insanity you know so keep yourself sane that's the best
0: advice. I mean, not only for the garden, but just life in general.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, man, that's awesome, Tony. Where can folks find you online so they can connect with you? Check out your YouTube channel. And where can they get
1: copies of your new book? You can find me at SimplifyGardening.com or YouTube at Simplify Gardening. Pretty much anywhere at Simplify Gardening. We're over most of the socials and they'll be able to connect with us there.
0: Fantastic. Simply Vegetable Gardening, the brand new book from Tony O'Neill, now available everywhere the books are sold. Tony, Tony, thank you again for being on the podcast today, man. That was great.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: And that brings us to the end of another show. Big thanks to Tony O'Neill for being our guest today and to all of you for tuning in. Remember, if you enjoy the podcast, you can always support our work by joining our Patreon community. You can find that link and many more at seedsandweedspodcast.com. This episode was edited and produced by all of us here at Small House Farm, and the music we're enjoying right now is called At the Feast by Billy Z. Thanks again for joining us, friends. I'm Bevin Cohen, and we'll see you next time. Howdy, friends. Bevan here. You know, the Seeds and Weeds podcast is made possible in part by Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company, rareseeds.com. They're America's top source for rare and heirloom varieties from around the world and they're publisher of the whole seed catalog. Their 2024 catalog is chocked full of heirloom goodness, new varieties, recipes, stories and gorgeous photographs. You can order yours now at rareseeds.com.